Hey guys, this is Cameron. And it's Stacy. And Giselle. And you're listening to Put Your Oxygen Mask On First. Hey! Yay. Yes! <laughs> I want to tell you welcome to Put Your Oxygen Mask On First. And I just want to tell you thank you for giving us your time oh, and man. your coming on. We are so super excited you're here and we're very grateful you're here we're missing a co-host today but let me introduce you to my co-host stacy hi andrew hi stacy how you doing i'm doing well i hope you guys are having a bright and sunny sunday up here it's kind of it's kind of overcast and rainy same over here in california stacy's in vegas so i don't know how it is over there (laughs) it's sunny clear and sunny So Stace, I want to let you know, like, I want to tell you how um, I got in contact with Andrew. So during the pandemic, as we're still going on, I would get very tipsy and hit on Andrew on his lives, like hit on him, like intensely, like, (laughs) like borderline harassing him. (laughs) You were, you were, you were quite, quite docile compared I was going to say, does it happen often? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've had, I've had my fair share of uh, quite interesting characters drop into my lives or my, my deep. And uh, Giselle, you're, 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 far from, you're far from the most harassing. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so then, like, we ended up linking up and Andrew came all the way down to Fullerton. Um, you were in San Diego, right? Yeah, I had uh, been hanging out down in San Diego. I'd driven up uh, the coast there and, uh, yeah, we had a really good time. We had some, some good drinks, some Trulies. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, uh, we did karaoke. My car broke down. <laughs> what? Yes. Karaoke? Yes, we did karaoke. And like, I don't know how to sing, but I was so drunk enough just to do it. I was like literally yelling in the mic. Like the whole it, was, time. it was a good time. That karaoke bar was really fun. They, 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 we were probably the only people in there, though. <laughs> I know. But let me tell you, Stace, Andrew has an amazing voice and pitch. So oh. like, he's a best, one of the best singers I've heard. So I don't know what you're doing. Not on Broadway. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite I'm quite flattered. I don't know. I should maybe I should maybe do a career change. Yeah, I'm gonna hear it sometime. New York. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Right on. All right. So I wanna know how what a young Andrew was like. I wanna know where how and where you grew up, where you went to school. What were your hobbies as a young kid? I uh I grew up in Roseville, California, which is where I currently live and I have my business. Um, I, I did some sports as a kid. I played a little bit of baseball, a little bit of basketball in high school. I did uh, tennis. I was a tennis player. Oh, cool. I did do musical theater as a kid. Right on. You talked about Broadway there. That's where the voice comes from. There was, there was a, a few, not like, I wasn't like the biggest musical theater kid, but like I did do a couple of the musicals and a couple of the plays. That was a lot of fun. And, uh. Yeah, those those were kind of my my hobbies and interests as a kid, and so I guess I I use some of those uh, activities and uh, you know enthusiasm for my my current job. Yes, um, did were you the main character in those musicals? In <laughs> one of them, I was, and it was the silliest musical in the world. <laughs> Which one was it? I, it was called uh, God. What was it called? It was called Return to the Forbidden Planet, and it. <laughs> It was a 
it was like a ripoff of a 1950s musical music, uh, not musical movie. And it was all done in like Shakespearean. So it was like this really like indie kind of musical play that no one ever done knows or does done or anything like that. So I was, the, I was the star in it and I actually had a, a wardrobe malfunction on <gasps> play. I, uh, I have like a big entrance. They like, I was supposed to like walk on stage and they play the music and like, it was like, dun, 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 and like all this stuff. I come out and my belt like breaks literally as I'm walking. Oh, no. <laughs> Breaked it with this, uh, like this really weird spray paint that made it really like crispy and sticky. So it just like snapped in half. And so the belt just snapped and like my pants are like sagging all the way down. Oh my God. I have to like hold them up. Like I'm uh, I don't know. Like I got like baggy pants the, the, <laughs> for the whole first act. Like I'm some rapper doing my, my scenes or something. <laughs> Your entrance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's well, that play sounds fun. You're going to have to reenact it like a one man show for me one day. Cause that sounds like a fun play. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, yeah. I think I have a video somewhere. I'll have to send it to you. i'm totally down okay so then i know that you went to high school and then what made you i know that you told me but i know my listeners don't know that you went to live in different a different country did was that in high school that you wanted to pursue that in or no after high school i (laughs) uh, i went to a couple different colleges but i ended up going to san diego state i got my um my bachelor's degree in international security there but after that i decided i wanted to go get my master's and since i was an international securities uh major i ended up going over to ireland and studying conflict over there oh that's so cool oh it was the best there the irish are uh, a really fun fun bunch of people (laughs) how long did you live there i lived there for over a year but i think it was like a year and a half and so I was uh, completing my master's, doing my research, and uh, yeah, pretty much attending university over there. It was it was a great time. Really enjoyed it. You weren't you did this on your own. You didn't go with like friends, also, or anything like that. Actually, uh, uh, no, I didn't. I did I did it on my own. In fact, I didn't even know where I was going to stay when I first got there. So like, wow, I, so awesome. I had a a backpack in my my bag and I hopped on a plane. I went over there. I knew I was going to be attending university because I'd already been accepted, but I didn't know where I was going to stay. So that was kind of a, a unique adventure. Right. Yeah. How how were like the people? How how did the country shape you? What did you learn? Oh my gosh, I I learned a tremendous amount. Like I I mean. The, they have been gone through so much, uh, the country of Ireland, especially with, even within our, our lifetime, they've gone through the conclusion of the Troubles and, and uh, a whole new reunification with the North there. And so I learned a, a, an awful lot about, you know, forgiveness, an awful lot about uh, uh, patience, uh, an awful lot about uh, just uh, being joyful. I mean, you could you could walk around in Ireland and you could go into any pub and you could have the best musical experience of your life because there's someone in there just, you know, rocking out on their fiddle or on their traditional instruments or something. Everyone's just, you know, cool. Oh, yeah. Fun times. So the culture was this it was uplifting and fun. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And, And and also very, you know, educational about what what they've been through. Yeah. When you decided to come back to the States, what was, what was your life like? 
coming back from Ireland, what did I do after I came back from? Oh my gosh, I came back and uh, I did a whole bunch of different jobs. I've I've been a teacher in Las Vegas, actually. I was a teacher down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I drove big trucks for a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Big, I got my Class A license and drove big rig trucks for a little while. I uh, I worked as a, what else did I do? I did so many things. I did DoorDash for a little bit. I did a whole bunch of like odd jobs before I ended up ultimately uh, coming to my business here. You're just the jack of all trades, I swear. I've, <laughs> I've, I've been blessed to have many experiences. Which is amazing. Okay, so... Let's get into how you got onto 90 Day, how you were navigating love at that time, even before you met Amira, how, or even the whole process of meeting Amira, I guess I want to know. Okay. Uh, I met Amira on a site called um, internationalcupid.com, and it's, it's kind of an interesting site. They, it's, uh, it's got a lot, of, a lot of scammers on there, and a lot of people who like are... A- um, very, very openly just trying to, uh, you know, either get a green card or, you know, your money. But that's not everybody. There's <laughs> certainly not everybody on the site. And I don't want to make too broad a generalization. But I met Amira there uh, after I was only on there for like two or three months. And she had only been on there for like two or three days. And she oh, wow. messaged me uh, basically with just like a brief hi and I responded, oh, hi, how are you? And that snowballed into uh, paragraphs and essays into long conversations into video chats and the whole thing, you know? I, did you use that dating um, international Cupid when you were in Ireland or did you just discover it when you came back to the States? I actually, I didn't use it in Ireland. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't use it uh, until many years after Ireland. I only did it, I think it was 2000 and... 17 or 2018 it was one of 2017 i think i did it oh okay yeah so it wasn't it wasn't too long ago are you still on that site andrew tell me please tell me now (laughs) not actually i mean it was a big hubbub about it uh that i was on the site on the show i did i got on the site very briefly after amir and i broke up and it only for like a month or so and that was about it okay thank god okay yeah. girls i'm just gonna keep hitting on you like nonstop <laughs> until you get it together <laughs> i gotta get my stuff together that's true um okay so that blossoming relationship turned into a relationship how soon um let's see we started talking probably in actually yeah, so I probably started uh, in early 2018, actually, on the site. We started talking around, like, May-ish. We had our first video chat in probably July 2018. And then we were in Las Vegas in August, September of 2018. And that was your first meeting? And that first meeting so that's pretty much our timeline right there is so we started talking in may ended up getting together by august Mm. how was the first meeting when you guys first met it was it was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun uh we went we did some roller coasters on top of the stratosphere we saw go in las vegas we saw the tigers over at the mirage there uh we ate at some 
pretty pretty awesome places down there as well there was a there was a lot of uh, a lot of good times down in uh las vegas we stayed over at the palms place nice yeah, oh yeah super great view over there so that was uh that was a really fun trip Yes, the pictures you had that they showed on 90 Day of you guys in Vegas were so nice. You guys looked such like like such a happy couple, you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I thought you guys were gonna like honestly make it before I saw them, you know, the whole show. But right. I, you guys were like one of my favorite couples <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, you know, the the whole reality TV process kind of changed everything in our relationship. There, once we got on the show. I don't know. In my experience, it, mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, a complete shift in our dynamic. She kind of changed in a lot of ways. And so she had different goals and different pursuits at that time. Mm -hmm. um... But and that's just my opinion on it, though. Uh, prior to that, she was very much so engaged in a, in a loving relationship. And we had we had a, a lot of good times. So you didn't get scammer vibes before, but you got scammer vibes after. <laughs> oh no! Like yeah. once the show started, that's, you got scammer that's vibes. The thing I wouldn't even like call Amira a scammer in the traditional sense. On like, all, like other people might be on those sites. Uh, I we had a a pretty legitimate real relationship for about two years, and uh, like she would come over here. We lived together for over nine months. It was only when this show got involved and we began getting into uh, 90 Day that things radically changed and uh, her motives became very different, you know? Well, how soon when you guys met, did you propose? Uh, we met in um, August on that first trip and we ended up, I ended up proposing on that first trip. So yeah, it was, it oh, was wow. like, four or five days after after we met in Vegas. It was anticipated. She had already sent me pictures of the ring that she wanted and all of this stuff. So she was she was uh, expecting it very much so. In fact, when the night that I was going to propose, I had like a limo, we went out and did all this stuff. She was getting very anxious about the fact that I was going to be proposing <laughs> and I hadn't proposed like we would gone to dinner we were in the limo we went on top of the straps like all these different places and she was like like punching me in the arm because I didn't propose but then I ended up surprising her at the end of the night on our balcony at uh the Palms place how romantic yeah it was it was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun okay did so you guys sorry oh, did so you guys ahead. live together right after the proposal or did she go back and then come back and you guys lived together for nine months well we didn't live together for nine months straight but what we oh, okay it would be like on and off uh so she went back after las vegas so we spent about a week in las vegas or so and then she went back and spent september in um france and then she came back in october and spent october and november uh with me and she spent the holidays with me uh in that that year so we had like Halloween, Thanksgiving and whatnot. And then she would return back to France and then she'd come back here for three months and then go back to France for a month or two and then back here for three months. And we would just do that multiple times. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty, pretty good system we had going on there. Was she working at that time? No, she, she never worked the entirety of our relationship. Must be nice. I know. <laughs> right. 
I believe I believe she's working now. I believe she's doing quite well on OnlyFans. That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I love OnlyFans, so I'm not knocking it. Um, exactly. okay. I mean, like, however, I mean, if you can make your money, that's that's quite fine, you know. Yeah. I support <laughs> sex work, so yes, go ahead, do your thing, girl. Right. Um, <laughs> so I want to know how the process. Who whose idea was it to get on 90 Day? Um, what was the process like to be on reality TV? How did that go? So it's actually really funny. Uh, Amira and me watched uh, 90 Day when we first met in Las Vegas. Like it was on the TV in the hotel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're watching Angela smash cake in Michael's face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like she's like talking about how she wants to go on this show. <laughs> and so that was how the seed got planted was like right in the beginning of our relationship. And I was against it. Like, I was just not into it. But I said, maybe after we get our, our K-1, we can, we can look into it. We sent in our, our application. And it took them uh, a little bit to get back to us. They, we had an initial call. It didn't seem like they were interested. Uh, Amira really wanted to go on it and asked if we could make a video uh, to to send to them so we put a video together i sent it in and then they contacted me again and we we went through like a couple rounds of producers questions like a screen test where they like record you and as you're answering questions and then uh yeah they kind of they kind of like test your dynamic they test how like suggestible you are i guess i guess they're looking for you know individuals who might you know want to play along with a little bit of their their schemes in that oh. regard so that that's kind of like the process of of getting into it i know some people have sent in their application and they get a call back like 24 hours and they are on the show like the next week ours took many 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 months and i don't even think they wanted us i think we were like a last minute like pick to come into our season I wonder why. Right. <laughs> I wonder why. And if you've seen the season, you guys would know why. Right. But um, <laughs> we were we were very much we were we were probably one of the last ones. I think Stephanie was officially the last one. But uh, yeah, I think when it came to picking the season, Jovi and Yara and Brandon and Julia and all of them, they were they were definitely the stars there. You were the star too. They just portrayed you <laughs> as the villain. And like for, I don't even know why, because any idiot could see that you were, they made you out to be that way. And you weren't rude at all. Like you were very like comforting and attentive and trying to work things out very much. So uh, all support of your girlfriend. And I was like, like, I just didn't understand why they portrayed you as the villain. How did you feel about that? I, I think that maybe I got portrayed as a villain one because uh, I kind of have a villainous look. I think that I kind of look a villain. I think no, maybe not like, You're very handsome. Or I, also, they um, I I pushed back a lot during the filming process. I don't think that I made a really good connection with production as others do. I didn't really play along as well. So in a way, I feel like to them I was a villain, <laughs> and so oh. they kind of. They kind of chose to 
portray me as such because uh, I didn't really have a good relationship with production. I feel like they were very manipulative and they uh, intrusive and uh, conniving in a lot of ways. And I would call them out uh, consistently on that. And I think that kind of led to uh, a negative relationship, which incentivized them to portray me badly. Give us an example of um, you pushing back with them. Uh, whew, I got so many. Oh, your juiciest one. Yes, the juiciest one. But uh, some of it, I don't know. Some of it's pretty personal. Um, oh, then don't. Do like, those. I'll do. I'll do my best here. Like, I, uh, <laughs> like a lot of the scenes that were filmed were filmed after after uh, Amir and I had uh, broken up. So a lot of it is contrived in what they want to do. But many months after Amir and I had broken up, they do uh, these interviews, you know, where you sit in front of the camera and it's like you're telling the story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Little do you know, we do that like 12 different times throughout the season. Um, so you're sitting in this hot light in this hot room and they're interrogating you. Uh, you know, you're all alone, uh, surrounded by like 12 people who are pretty antagonistic and pretty manipulative. And it's very, it's, it's a very anxiety inducing situation, you know, and they're often asking questions that are, that are not true. They're often gaslighting you to your face. Um... They're often telling you things that you never did and like trying to convince you that you actually did or are this particular way. And so I had had a car accident um, a car had run into me and I had had a concussion and my eye and eye injury and I was pretty sore and all this stuff, right? This was in Mexico, right? Actually, no. I had had another accident in Mexico. That's oh, my God. Story. This is this is very many months later. Uh-huh. This is just one of many uh, interactions with um, production that was really obscure. Uh, I had uh, uh, this is so, I'm trying to tell this story in the best way possible. I, okay. I got in a car accident. A car had run into me and I was uh, I was not not in the best condition. And I have uh, I have PTSD from instances of the past and my childhood and things like that. I have uh, mm-hmm. real hardcore PTSD and it was triggered by this car accident. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have a I have a therapist. I have mental health support and things like that. And I know that uh, these people, when I walk in there, they're often gaslighting me, asking me rude questions, treating me very poorly. And they wanted to schedule an interview with me after this car accident, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm saying, well, guys, I'll come and do this interview for you. Um, but I would like to have my therapist there or some third party so I can ground myself and know what is real. Because you guys are often telling me things that aren't true. You know? Mm-hmm. You got, And so... I'm having a little, and I told them very upfront, I had a car accident. I'm having a little bit of PTSD right now, you know, and I, I really would like to have a third party so that I can really have somebody there to ground the situation. Because if you guys saw how they ask these questions and how they kind of manipulate the situation and how they twist your words and stuff like that, it's very, it's very surreal. And they do this for like 12 hours straight. And it can get very exhausting. And if you're in a state of PTSD, it can be very annoying, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was just asking for a third party to be there. They would pretty much refuse me the right to oh, wow. party there. And uh, in, in the, uh, 
in the interview, they were just so rude. And there were so many instances where they were lying to me uh, and they were accusing me of things that I never did. And it was just so much that it really made me anxious. It was just such a negative experience and they would not allow me to have any third party there to have any type of grounding to, to say, Hey, this is wrong. Lay off of that. That's not right. You know? And so that's just one example. I asked for my therapist to be there. They would not allow me to have a therapist present in the, uh, in the, uh, interviews. And that was pretty, pretty heartbreaking because they would, they pretty much torture you pretty bad in those things. That's so interesting. No, that's disheartening. I mean, now that pisses me off because I have mental health issues, as you're aware. My listeners are aware as well. And, you know, uh, that's disheartening that they wouldn't allow you first to have a therapist there, that you they made you come in with a concussion and they knew that you had PTSD. Um, I hope there's like a law out there. I feel like there's a law <laughs> out there that states that you can have, you know, if you have mental health issues, you can't you do have rights. So oh. uh, it's the, the what they they do it so weird they like had offered me services but not to be present it was really weird and then i called those services and they didn't end up offering them to me like the way that they operate is they're always just trying to like cover their own ass mm-hmm. but they don't ever actually give you what they're requesting what you're requesting and so i was uh, pretty adamant about having a third party there uh to to ground the situation and and they didn't uh, provide that or allow for that to manifest. I even said that I would pay for it and all of that. It didn't have to come out of their pocket. And, uh, yeah, they were very, they weren't very, very helpful with that. And if you guys knew some of the other stuff that they do, like, uh, at the tell all where you guys see me in the car, I was literally just trying to leave, but they had my phone. They wouldn't let me leave. They, they kept my phone from me. I cast for it multiple times and so, yeah, the way that they operate is not appropriate. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy to hear. Like When you see me all annoyed, I'm annoyed at the fact that they're just not giving me my phone so that I can leave. I would have gotten my own Uber to go out of there. I couldn't even do that. Like, it was, it's a surreal situation with these people. It's almost like-, like a toxic relationship. <laughs> like, no, you have to stay. Well, what they would do is they would be like, they would tell, and I know they probably did this with Amira uh, a lot too, uh, is like they would tell me like, oh, Andrew, when Amira lands, we want you to demand that she has a COVID test and don't tell her that we told you this, you know? And I said, no, I'm not going to demand that she has a COVID test. She just, she's going to get off a 15 hour flight, like, or not 15 hour, but a long flight. And like, like, why would I demand a COVID test right now? You know? And they were like, oh, you have to demand this COVID test when she lands, blah, 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 blah. And like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they would demand that I don't tell my partner that they are demanding that I demand things of her, you know. And so they, they do this all the time with multiple different things. There was, a, there was an occasion where um, they, my, they were interviewing my mom. And they were asking my mom about my money and my finances. And my mom was being quite nice and uh, saying, oh, that's Andrew's business. Andrew, you can ask Andrew about his money. You don't need to. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about his money. And they they act, and this is my mom's story. She 
She says they acted like I texted them and gave them permission for my mom to talk about my money. Like the producer literally acted like she got a text from me, which is not true. I never texted and acted to my mom like, hey, I just got a text from Andrew. He says you can talk to us about it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, they do this oh. stuff all the time. Did I know you're um, friends with many of the 90 Day peers, um, peers, your your peers or what have you. And do they do this to them too? I'm not, I, I'll be honest, I'm probably not the closest with everybody in the 90 day world. I do, I do contact, I do have contact with some of them. Um, from my interaction with a lot of them, yes, there's, I, I don't want to tell their stories, but right. they do have very similar stories. Like, trust me, if you, if you were to talk to some of them, you could get very similar instances from them as well. Wow. Would like, would you do reality TV again? Uh, I don't know. I I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a weird place these days. So I don't, I don't really know. I would, I would consider it. I would definitely consider it, but uh, I don't think so. I see you more as in acting. Would you do something like that? Like be an actor? Oh my gosh. I mean, I would, I would, I love to have fun, create art and, and do things like that. So if there's, if there was a place where I could do that in acting or singing or, you know, I like to make my beats. I like to do any of that. That's, that's just fun for me. And I enjoy, enga I enjoy engaging in it. Right. So that'd be great. I could totally see you doing that. Well, um, how would you manage, how would you manage like a long distance relationship? Do you have any tips? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm probably not the best to give advice, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess the best tip that I can have is you got to have a lot of a lot of, and you really got to reinforce that trust with one another uh, consistently. And that that can be, you know, through you know, gestures of uh, sending mail or sending. Uh, pictures or sending, you know, emo even little emojis throughout the day or something like that, just to let the person know that you're, you're thinking of them and you're, you're around. So those things are important. Is there anything you would have done differently to try to make it work with Amira? Or do you feel it was just already too damaged from the show? There was plenty of mistakes that I probably did make. And I could probably do a lot better. I would probably... I don't know. I would I would have probably not if I could go back, I would probably have not have sent those that text messages. Uh, and they were not sent as described in the show that they were very much so mischaracterized. But I probably would have would have done that differently. I probably would have engaged that differently. But that story in itself is is interesting. They they portrayed it in the show as if we were having a fight over children really we were having the fight over the fact that amira had gotten an agent and was refusing to do the was refusing the plane in the show unless she was getting paid and that was what the nature of the fight was about and uh so yeah andrew were you getting paid uh i got i did get paid yes and i don't know if amira ultimately got paid but i had actually set up for amira to get half of what i paid already uh-huh. They, oh, okay. they had shown a, a scene. Uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was in the show where like I had these like uh, 
it was a like a debit card that I was setting up for her. She was going to be getting the money through this debit card uh, that we would receive. Mm. Okay. Did you see any red flags with Amira even before the show? Yes. Uh, Amira and I got to give her credit because she was at least upfront and honest about her interaction here but she would write prisoners you know Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) for sure (laughs) yeah right she would write prisoner not only in the United States but I also believe in like Britain or something like that and she would develop relationships with these prisoners and she would do you know, odd That's things. Kind of weird. That's yeah. Weird. And that is weird. Not only that, like, uh, she did it while we were together. Like, I, there were a couple instances where I found out that she was riding these prisoners while we were together. And so those were some big red flags. You know, most definitely. Is she yeah. trying to get on um, Life After Lockup? Have you seen that show on WeTV? <laughs> I've, I've heard of it. I never saw it. I've heard of it. It's so good. It's reality TV <laughs> trash, and I love it. Oh, my it's, God. That's probably the same, same, same production company, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so I won't be watching that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, she would uh, she wrote the prisoners and um, she uh, I I think she had a, a little bit of a relationship with one in Texas and it I only found out well after the fact that she was actually writing some of these prisoners while she was in in Serbia, you know. Oh my god! Yeah, so like and she had like. And I had known about the fact that she had previously written about it to them, uh, but I thought it had ceased a long, long, long time ago. And so the fact that she was uh, like doing this agent's uh, money play and the fact that she was writing these prisoners and she was very demanding about how she wanted this whole thing to be portrayed, it ultimately led to uh, our breakup on that that day where she didn't get on the plane you know i know it's so disrespectful why, why would she do that and write prisoners even up up until serbia that's ridiculous it was surreal we got uh verification that she even sent money to <laughs> the prisoner oh my gosh I yeah the money that you that. sent her the money like that you sent her that- she sent it to them it wasn't a tremendous amount of money but it is just like it's like almost a, a principal thing it's like surreal yeah it's 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 i don't know i i'm not trying to dog on her too much because she does have autonomy and she can communicate with who she wants but it, right. it does hurt uh tremendously because we were, you know we were i thought we were engaged in this as a team and ultimately we were obviously not how did you deal with uh with the breakup? How did you go through those those motions and those feelings? Oh man, it's been the it was the freaking worst because it's not only going through a breakup, it's going through a breakup while the whole freaking world thinks you're the worst human being that ever walked it. So it's like you go through the breakup and then a couple months later the show airs and it's it's so off on from what the actual story is so it's really i don't know it's a surreal it's a surreal kind of experience i don't i don't know very many people uh have had the experience of their their breakup being televised but it is it isn't necessarily easy to to go through 
sounds like frustrating too because then you it's like you're trying to grieve but the world's seeing you differently you have like how did you like um in most situations you do feel like you don't have to prove yourself to anybody you know right it's just you break move on you live your life but in my situation i was not the uh the best in social media and pr but i felt in the beginning of the whole thing like i just had to prove something like i had to prove my my uh my story and uh it was in which i believed in well i appreciate (laughs) that thank you very much i just felt so like i felt so heavily compelled to do so based on the the way that you know the audience received our story being told yeah i want to go like one thing that helped you like build thick skin towards uh that public eye uh, it took me a little bit. I'll admit in the beginning, I, I did not do uh, very well. Uh, but now I feel quite immune to the attacks of, of the public. It's, <laughs> it's, it really has just taken time and it's just taken some experience and it's just taken a little bit of wisdom having these bad interactions over and over again and just realizing that a lot of it isn't even worth two seconds of your day thinking about, you know, like, uh, it in the beginning it impacted my productivity at work it impacted you know uh anxiety all these different things but when you don't give it any power or anything like that it you really can live a very vibrant and good life and that's that's kind of what what i've i've learned what are you doing now with all this newfound reality tv fame um i'm the runt of the 90 day family so <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not pulling in the uh, the big Ed cameo money or anything like that. But like, uh, but you totally uh, could, Andrew. I swear you could. You're very kind. But I I work every day at my business. I have uh, my employees. I have uh, my friends. I have all the. Tell the tell the listeners what you do for your your job. Oh, right now. I, yes. what's your business? I own and operate a, a daycare slash preschool. It's it's one of the greatest joys. These kids are are absolutely amazing. They have been a blessing through this whole experience. One one thing that has been uh, profoundly uh, empowering is the fact that all my clients have stayed with me through this whole thing, and they've just they're they're amazing. They they I mean. Uh, some of my clients were even on the show with me. They never even showed it. Like there were so many, like even positive moments that were on camera that just never got portrayed because they were so intent on showing me as a villain. But I, I really am blessed to to have the clients that I have, and we've been we've been uh, so so stable. And I'm just I'm very grateful for that. But we're we're actually growing, and next year. We're going to be uh, doing even more, having even more, uh, more teachers, more kids. It's going to be a great, a great situation. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. And that's one thing we have in common, Andrea. I used to work in the daycare that's... center for years. And uh, oh. I totally dig that about you. It takes a really special person to take care of those kids and help them learn. You've got um, art, indeed. Yes, you do. So what are you up to these days now? These days, I'm just I'm working. Uh, I'm I'm actually 
trying to reach some higher fitness goals. Uh, I'm, I'm hitting. The- yes, you look great, by the way. Oh my gosh, oh, yes, you were you were already good looking before, but you look awesome. Even so I got like DMs on on when I put uh, Andrew appreciate. <laughs> Gee, they're like, show he's hot. <laughs> oh wow, you fly. I was like. I was like, ladies, slide into his DMs. <laughs> you're quite, you're quite nice. You're very, you're very. Sweet. I, uh, I, it's, it's, it's a whole transformation for me. I've, I've really, I've really taken it, uh, seriously, and I've, I've, I've found out that health is wealth, and that it's important to, uh, to prioritize it. And so I've, I've been really trying to make it a priority. I, I, I recently had a, um, a little heart malfunction last week it was yes, yes. atrial fibrillation so i just want to make people aware you know out there if uh if you're ever having any type of offbeat in your chest it's important to, to go to the doctor and make sure they sort that out because that stuff is uh important your health is very important you know how are you doing now with with your heart uh, my heart is feeling great. You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of exercise and I'm doing really well. It's, uh, it, Thank God. it wasn't as serious as a heart attack, but the, the atrial fibrillation was pretty significant and the, the steps we had to take in order to fix it. But it was, it was, uh, opening in that, you know, you really, anything happen at any time. So you really just got to take your health seriously and, uh, and make those efforts. And so that's what, that's what I'm doing. Nice. Did you have to change a lot of your diet? Uh, when I lost the weight, yeah, I did a lot of high protein, high fat dieting, which would be akin to like keto. There, uh, mm. I low carbohydrate. I'm not talking well today. Low carbohydrate. <laughs> um, those kind of things. Uh, now the doctors are saying I got to cut the caffeine. <laughs> oh no oh i love my coffee i love <laughs> I, i'm a cold brew guy i i definitely same I, <laughs> like those cold brews nice yes yeah i uh i definitely am gonna miss the 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 caffeine and the coffee there but oh bummer other than that everything is a-okay oh good to hear good to I, hear well stacy has another hidden talent that he's not de- divulging and i'll just say that you're really good at beats making beats and djing i saw your live the other day i'm always constantly like obsessing over andrew's lives (laughs) so i'm constantly on his lives and so i saw him on live the other day and he's at the park chilling wind through like going through his hair his shiny neck long hair and he's like like making beats and like playing his music and i'm like oh my god this is so dope i'm like you're so good it's it's a good life i mean i'm very blessed to to have my my music making machine there my beat machine and and you know i have beautiful park over here it's so nice to just be able to get out in the good weather and play some music for my dog (laughs) (laughs) and whoever wants to listen exactly i mean i i absolutely love it it's it's i don't know just the 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 process of creation is such a joy in in making something and then having it all come together and then hearing it in the end it's it's really a a fun process thank you so much for liking my beats there i'll have to i'll have to like record some and send them out or something yes no i um you should totally go on to electric dm radio it's one of my radio stations you should totally go on there and we can carve a little time so that you can 
play. Oh, dude, uh, I would love, I would love that. I got, I got a couple, I got a couple beats I could, I could run through for everybody. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, no worry about the time. Whatever time limit you have, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, it doesn't matter. It's, it's my radio station. You can do whatever you want to do. You're you are so ambitious. You have right. Look at all the little projects you got. <laughs> you got this podcast. You got the radio station. You got a lot going on. I think that's. <laughs> So do you, Andrew. You're just you're so amazing. I just want to tell all my listeners how fantastic you are. You're such a great person inside and out. Um, there's I just I can't get enough of you. Um, and I hope that whatever your endeavors are, that you succeed and prosper. <laughs> succeed and prosper. And <laughs> live long and prosper, right? We'll do the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I caught myself. Yeah. And um I just want to tell you, um, thank you so much for giving us your time. I appreciate you. We yes, appreciate thank you. you so much. Thank you, for thank, you. On. thank you, Stacey. I mean, really, you guys have a great podcast here. I think it's it's awesome what you guys are putting out, and I, I I'm really happy to be a part of it. Thank you. It was so much fun doing the karaoke with you. I'm gonna be down there probably again in the early next year. So let's do karaoke again, huh? Yes. Let- <laughs> please please let me know when you're down here and i owe you a fun time for believe sure, me. for sure we're gonna make it happen i'll be down i recorded him singing this time so we can all hear it <laughs> oh yes maybe you could sing on my on my radio show too that'd be dope <laughs> yeah, we'll make a party out of it that sounds fun there you go <laughs> all right thank thanks. you so much andrew thanks for chatting with us andrew and being our special guest and listeners don't forget to fly and put your oxygen mask on first Bye, Andrew. Thank you. Bye, guys.